Hello and welcome to YHTV's nominated show, Magical Medical Tour. This is episode 92. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Christina Suzama, and with me is our wonderful medical guide, Dr. Glenn Woolman. Hello, Dr. Woolman. Greetings, Christina, and greeting everyone else. Welcome to Magical Medical Tour. I am Dr. Glenn Woolman. I will be your medical guide today along with Christina as we travel through another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy in search of optimal health. And I know we're probably going to have some great uh, optimal health today because we have our returning champion, uh, Kabir Southwick, who is our Ayurvedic practitioner and a natural healer. He's an author and a lecturer. And for those of you who have not seen Kabir before, I would really recommend that you go back and watch every single episode we did with Kabir, because in every one of them, there's, as we say in medicine, there are pearls. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, uh, if you have any questions or comments for uh, Dr. Glenn Woolman or for our wonderful guest, Kabir Southwick, uh, please just scroll down on the screen and type it into that comment box and we will get back to you. Or you can call us directly at 818-LET'S-TALK, 818-LET'S-TALK. And be sure, if you're going to leave a message, be sure to let us know how to contact you back uh, with an answer. Thank you so much. Nice. We look forward to those, too. Yes, we sure do. Boy, some of those questions are great, aren't they? (laughs) They're really great. And sometimes the comments, you know, we know it gives us the opportunity to understand that what we're doing makes sense uh, because we're trying to help people. And it really does seem that there are people out there that have uh, a lot of the issues that we bring up here, and they're getting good advice from all of our guests. Absolutely. And speaking of guests, let's uh, bring Kabir on. Greetings, Kabir. How are you today? Feeling good. Feeling good today. (laughs) (laughs) You look great. Thank you for having me back again. It's always a pleasure, Kabir. I want want to keep having you back to see how many costumes you have. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a man of many hats. Uh, Yes, I would say. (laughs) You may start a trend with us. I may have to start wearing some hats, Kabir. <laughs> so, we, Kabir, over, over our many episodes, we really concentrate on many aspects of health and, and from the Ayurvedic point of view. And one of the biggest issues going on today is weight management. And it's usually about uh, lack of management, so to speak. Uh, many people... Are overweight, obesity is a pandemic around the world now. And it's not just about weight because that translates into uh, many diseases, heart diseases and strokes and diabetes and a number of other issues that people have. So I thought it would be really important to look from an Ayurvedic point of view of weight management, which not only includes weight reduction, but also in many cases, people have to maintain weight. And in certain cases that I want to talk about first, uh, people actually have to gain weight, and we'll get into that. So for me, uh, in, the, in the Western world, we certainly look at weight, we look at height, we look at the, and when we're trying to evaluate somebody in terms of the appropriate weight, we look at their height, we look at the circumference around their waist, we look at lean body mass and we look at body mass index people have heard of bmi total body waters m- lean muscle and lean fat and percentages of body fat and we come up with ideas for people and then we put them on certain types of diets as an ayurvedic practitioner how do you look at at weight well i like to first preface by saying that even though i'm here to discuss uh uh, I weight management from the Ayurvedic perspective. I have to honestly say that uh, much of what I'm sharing today will be my experience. As much as I wish to follow as strictly as possible Ayurvedic teachings, uh, there there's always that element of our own experience. So I I want to say that up front that this is not a purely a lesson in Ayurveda, uh, but 
more of my own experience and understanding from working with people for over 20 years and helping them to better manage their weight. Um, however, my principles and approaches are always based on Ayurveda. Uh, I think that's um, what I ahead. was going to say. I think that's a very good point because I know that in medicine also, of course, in Western medicine, uh, we learn many things uh, going through school and training, but at the end of the day, our experiences also come into play, and that's a very important part of the practice, as it should be. Yes, I just want to make that clear. This wouldn't be uh, a course in Ayurveda weight management, but more my understanding from my experience, because our training and background is uh, obviously more than just Ayurveda, including nutrition, and this obviously plays a part in, in therapies. But I will say that Ayurveda perceives a weight in a different way than the Western mind. Uh, Ayurveda does traditionally view a little extra weight as healthy. So if we could compare the three body types, the kapha, vata, and uh, pitta, the Ayurveda sees the kapha with a little extra body weight, uh, maybe 10 pounds, 5 to 10 pounds more, um, as, as healthy. It's this traditionally seen as a person who's obviously uh, uh, well-to-do, well-fed, and has a little extra body fat and isn't going to a panic if there's a shortage of food. So traditionally, a little more body fat is considered healthier in Ayurveda, and the uh, kapha body type is, when not overweight, uh, is considered a healthy body uh, shape. Uh, now, in the West, we have more of a focus on the vata, uh, or vayu, body type, which is thin with very little body fat, uh, maybe less than 10% uh, body fat. And Ayurveda sees this as, uh, in most cases, as underweight. And many uh, uh, vata people who, um, who come to me for other uh, vata imbalances, anxiety, insomnia, um, anxiety, nervousness, restlessness, um, these uh, irregular uh, appetite, etc. Uh, I often uh, recommend or help them to uh, put on weight. And in fact, the uh, vata balancing diet is a weight gaining diet. So most vatas who are, you know, 110 pounds at 5'5 at, at five, five height, um, you know, this low weight, clearly thin bones, very little uh, extra fat on their skin and very uh, little extra body fat, generally do much better with another 5 or 10 pounds. It uh, uh, helps them to relax, helps them to sleep better, uh, brings down their anxiety, reduces nervousness between meals, reduces even cravings, um, and improves in many ways to balance out the vata. So overall, the Ayurvedic perspective on weight is not uh, uh, the same as the Western view of looking for this very uh, thin uh, uh, vata shape. So Ayurveda looks at a person and first understands their dosha or body type and then can determine if they're overweight or underweight. So many kaphas come to me and are, want to lose 10, 20 pounds, and I do not consider this the, their main priority or a large concern. And many uh, avata types would like to lose... Uh, five or 10 pounds, and I also don't even feel it's necessary. So the view of Ayurveda in this regard uh, is very different than in the West. Well, Kabir, I have a question for you, and it, it pertains to um, a lot of the elderly that I work with. Um, it seems like, especially of, of Asian descent, um, you know, the frame, the body frame is much smaller, and whether they be the vata or the pitta or the kapha, um, I, I find that a lot of, especially the women, the females, tend to begin to lose weight as they get older. Um, and yet in the Western 
uh, when they see the their Western doctors, it's always like, oh, you're underweight, you're underweight. And I always say, well, of course, you're much different frame and body type to the um, uh, European body. And um, they always encourage them to gain so much more weight. It was, I mean, for an example, my mother is almost 20 pounds underweight <laughs> in the Western world. And yet she is so healthy and strong, you know, doing in her late 80s and doing a lot of exercise every day. Um, but clearly she doesn't consume as much as she used to. Um, and yet, uh, uh, they're, they always say that, that she is too underweight. So what, what, how do you in the Ayurvedic world feel about our elders being over underweight? Well, um, that's uh, quite a question there. Uh, generally you do see people put on more weight, particularly the, uh, kapha. Um, as they age, uh, women, as they go through uh, these uh, hormonal transitions later in life. Um, but there's, I think there's many factors here in the West that contribute to our weight gain that are not as prevalent in other countries, particularly the hormones that are put into foods. I, I don't want to get into that subject. I'm no expert in that area. But I think uh, these um, phytoestrogens... Um, uh, hormones that have been added to our animal uh, proteins and uh, even birth control pills and hormone replacement therapy has, in my own opinion, um, uh, adversely affected the hormonal balance of many women, which contributes to weight gain uh, not only later in life but throughout their life. But I do believe that many elderly um, that I see here are underweight, um, and they may are, be perceived as uh, healthy in one regard. But if you question the underweight person about uh, certain issues like their sleep, um, you may find that they're still uh, restless. Um, you may find that the person is healthy and vigorous and very active in the day, but having difficulty sleeping well at night. Um, you may find that active person actually, if you get to know them, has more anxiety and restlessness. Um, and of course, um, even uh, uh, bowel movements uh, can be an issue if there's not enough uh, fiber in the diet and there can be constipation. So these would be areas that I'd want to question uh, an elderly person of any descent and see if I, if these, uh, Typical signs of uh, are, of being underweight, or you could say symptoms of being underweight, are there. If they're not, then I would have very little concern over it. But uh, if uh, these symptoms were there, then I would also recommend uh, a little bit more weight, which amazingly helps with these uh, symptoms, as I mentioned earlier. Mm, thank you, Kabir. That's uh, quite yeah. an answer. <laughs> <laughs> As, as, as quite a question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Kabir, I, w I want to, of course, everybody is probably listening, waiting to hear how to reduce weight, but I think it's important that we look at weight management first from the bigger point of view and understand that there are many people that do need to gain weight. Somebody that just went to through chemotherapy or radiation or cancer treatment, and they're very underweight. So how do you work with someone to help them gain weight? That, that's an excellent question and often uh, ignored here in a Western society because we have this perception of being thin as being healthy. So I, I do get um, uh, elderly mostly and uh, people of all ages who come in and the doctor says they're, they're fine, they're healthy, but they have uh, many of these um, symptoms, which I just mentioned, of being underweight. And they are sometimes quite aware that they're underweight. Uh, maybe, like you said, if they've been through some type of medical treatment or stress or long periods of anxiety or uh, depression, this avatha type will tend to, um, being very sensitive, will tend to not eat. But when you have abdominal pain, um, then a person has lost their appetite and their interest in eating, and they become weak and frail. Uh, and uh, underweight. So in these cases, which are generally going to, are, we consider them vata imbalances, generally the vata type is the most susceptible to them, even though the other types 
uh, Pitta and Kapha and the subcategories could also have them. But generally, you'll see 80% of the time, this will be the Vata person. And the main therapy is the Vata balancing diet, which goes against um, kind of Western conventional thinking. Uh, it's a very rich diet, a diet high in carbohydrates, um, uh, starches, uh, p- sweet potatoes with butter, high in uh, fat and oil, pouring olive oil all over everything, putting butter all over uh, your your meals, eating four meals a day, um, having lots of rice uh, and uh, um, start, starchy root vegetables. Ayurveda really breaks down vegetables um, in many categories. They'd never say just have four helpings of vegetables. So for the uh, vata type or this type of person who's got a vata imbalance, they'd focus mostly on the root vegetables. This is where the high concentration of uh, minerals are. Um, we have the roots, we have the stems, we have the leaves, we have the flowers, we have the seeds, and they all ha- uh, have different uh, actions and properties. But it's the roots, the potatoes, the beets, the carrots, uh, sweet potato, uh, um, and it, to a lesser degree, the uh, uh, onion, garlic, and the leeks. Um, these, these give a, a substance and, and uh, uh, weight, literally weight. I mean, root vegetables are the heaviest of all the vegetables. Uh, a potato compared with uh, a, a salad is very different. So a person who's overweight, Ayurveda uh, will give light foods, uh, salads, uh, uh, and uh, leafy greens. And person who's underweight, they give them uh, uh, root vegetables and heavy foods, uh, sweet potatoes, and uh, those other root uh, vegetables that I mentioned. So this is just a general overview, but it's basically uh, a lot of uh, cooked root vegetables, four meals a day, um, uh, quite a bit of oil, maybe as much as uh, five, six tablespoons a day, quite liberal, use of butter, animal proteins, um, even if uh, a woman, particularly a menstruating woman, is uh, weak and debilitated and uh, has just gone through um, menstruation, then even one week of having either a bone broth or a small amounts of uh, meat uh, two or three times a day will help uh, rejuvenate her and give her strength. And of course, we know the iron that she may be lacking. So, and all dairy products, cheese, butter, milk, these are all very nurturing. I often get people who are thin and underweight and, and frail, and they've been on um, uh, excessive detoxification programs, uh, long-term cleanses, um, uh, been uh, on uh, restrictive diets such as a vegan diet or uh, raw diet for extended periods of time, and they uh, have become uh, frail due to these uh, dietary habits. And they're very surprised when I swing them the other way and tell them to put in the butter, uh, put in the yogurt, uh, have yogurt drinks in between meals, a great uh, drink for uh, this person who's underweight and frail and has a poor digestion or sensitive digestion is a type of a lassi drink where you get one half cup of yogurt, one half cup of uh, water, put it in a blender with uh, three dates without the pits, uh, five almonds and some spices like cumin, ginger, and a pinch of salt. And you, del- you blend this up in the blender, and you, you drink this in between meals. And it's very, very nourishing, very comforting for the intestinal tract, and uh, it, it increases the mucosa in the uh, in, intestinal lining, and it, it puts on weight. Uh, dates are, uh, are very good at putting on weight, so is uh, dairy products, sweet fruit, a very sweet fruit, bananas, dates, figs, uh, sweeter the better, basically. So it doesn't take long to put on weight. In Ayurveda, we're always much happier to have somebody who's a little underweight than overweight because it's much uh, quicker and uh, results are, are much faster. I have one testimonial on my website that I didn't understand when the person gave it to me. And, and she said, thank you very much, Kabir. Now I have a uh, uh, my sweet cheeks are back. So I go, that's strange. I don't know what is this she talking about. My sweet cheeks are back. So I asked her to clarify her testimonial. 
And she said, oh, that, that, that's my butt. My butt's back. I had no butt. <laughs> I think she gave me a few more details as she became a little more voluptuous and put on a little weight. And uh, her, her husband was uh, pleased with that. So that's why I got the testimony. So uh, I always say to the, the thin type that, you know, men, we, we like a padding. We like a little, you know, too bony isn't good. But uh, I'm not an expert in this this area so we'll proceed is, is this part of your training or your experience <laughs> now now we're over to the experience Kabir, so <laughs> when you uh work with someone and you're trying to get them to gain weight or to reduce their weight uh how do you determine an ideal weight i know that in we always had this joke in emergency medicine that the ideal weight for every adult was 70 kilograms or 154 pounds. That was the ideal weight for everyone, and we used to joke about that. And the reason was that in many of the medications that are given during a cardiac arrest or during critical uh, life-sustaining uh, problems, all of the doses of medicines are based on a 70-kilogram uh, male so those were the those were the doses that we always had in our mind that we could come up with as quickly as possible. So we always felt like if I have to go in an ER, I hope I weigh seventy kilograms, so the doctors will know exactly what to give me quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, if you dear. don't fall in that category, uh, you, you know, you're not so sure you're going to get the right dosage. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not an ex I'm not an expert in the medication you are there, but uh, Glenn. But uh, like I said earlier, Ayurveda looks at the body type and the gender um, because uh, women traditionally uh, have more body fat um, on their body. And the kapha generally has more body fat. The vata has uh, the least and the pitta tends to be uh, the more balanced. So, And then secondly, I think we look at the symptoms. Like I said, if a person doesn't have the uh, uh, symptoms that would uh, be harmful from a little extra weight and they're still physically active, then it's of less concern to Ayurveda, uh, a little extra weight up to, I'd say, uh, 15 extra pounds is, is not a, a large concern for Ayurveda. Mm. It sure would be for a lot of people out here in California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the view is very different there, and you can often see a lot of... Ayurvedic uh, doctors and masters, you know, tend to be a little bit of, even on the uh, budgy side. And I've heard comments before of Ayurvedic uh, teachers uh, about Ayurvedic teachers who had uh, who are a little budgy, but to to them this is not considered overweight because they're looking at their health in a, in a, from a different perspective. You know, that brings up an interesting point for me in terms of Ayurvedic ways of looking at things. I know that or at least I believe that we have the daily way of eating and eating the right foods at the right time of the day in the right order, etc. So we have that daily process. But I think in Ayurveda, and I look at some of your work, and there's also a seasonal process, a whole year way of looking at, at the way that we eat and maybe we should be a little heavier during the winter months and a little lighter during the summer months. So could you put that into a perspective for us? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Glenn. And uh, that's true. Uh, the best time to lose weight is in the spring, which is now if your temperatures are warming up like they are here in Southern California, you may have to wait a little longer for the Northern states. And then as fall comes, we um, and we approach winter. Uh, generally, we will put on more weight to thicken our skin and to protect ourselves from from the uh, colder winter months. And I've observed uh, animals over time, particularly the squirrels living around my house. And we have a large almond tree and here. So in the uh, um, fall, we get almonds uh, falling all over the the backyard. And the squirrels are collecting these up, eating them up, and you can see they're getting uh, uh, overweight and fat and plump. And um, I guess they eat these nuts all through the winter, and by spring they're running out. Um, <laughs> and they don't have any more nuts. 
and they get a they're running around uh looking for uh little berries and and smaller food so even the an- and they even the animals themselves are on this natural cycle of putting on weight protect in the fall protecting their bodies with extra body fat during the winter and then naturally losing this weight in the spring when the sp- fall harvest comes out which is of course uh lighter foods if we look at the three major uh, seasons uh, are related to the three uh, major harvests of spring, summer, and uh, fall. Hmm. You know, it's... Oh, go ahead, Christina. Um, so so all, the three body types, do they get affected the same way, where, where they should be gaining a little weight, like closer to the winter months, and then the body naturally loses weight during the, the spring and summer months? Well, generally for the kapha, if the kapha just ty- the type that puts on weight the easy easiest and mm-hmm. uh, loses it the most difficult, generally for my kapha clients, it, I tell them during fall and summer, as fall and winter, if you don't gain weight, consider it a success mm-hmm. um, because just wait for the spring to lose your weight. Don't try to go on any type of weight loss regime during the late fall and the summer because it's going to be much less work. You're really going uh, upstream and against the grain. Um, and for the vata type, generally uh, they will be following the vata pacifying diet in the fall and the winter, and they should naturally put on weight uh, during these uh, periods. Um, but uh, uh, I'm happy to get into some details about how each body type can lose weight, but I'd like to really address some of uh, what Ayurveda sees as, as some of the uh, first uh, common uh, causes for uh, weight gain, since uh, I think that's the main focus of our, our conversation. And in Ayurveda, um, it's understanding uh, the cause of the gain that is the most critical People stop me on the street and say, oh, what's your weight loss tip? Or how can I lose weight like uh, my friend who worked with you? And then uh, my answer is generally, uh, well, why did you put on the weight? Uh, Only when I know the cause can I uh, help uh, plan the remedy or procedure. And really, we shouldn't call it a remedy because there's always always multiple factors related to uh, weight gain. But the typical ones, um, which uh, will be no some will be no surprise, and some will be a, su- a surprise to you, are uh, overeating, of course, um, heavy foods, um, a cold food, cold food, a refrigerated food, uh, food that's um, left over, been taken out of the refrigerator, not heated up, not freshly cooked food, um, having too many meals, frequent meals. Uh, small meals like snacking throughout the day without a break between meals, excessive sleep, of course, lack of a physical exercise. Um, these are obviously ones. And of course, hormonal imbalances, which is really a subject of its own, can further uh, complicate uh, the, the issue. Uh, but others that we don't think of are high toxicity. High toxicity levels in the body are a more common reason for a weight gain than we realize. Another uh, reason for weight gain is uh, liver congestion, um, uh, gallbladder congestion. This, of course, inhibits our ability to um, produce bile, uh, metabolize or emulsify a fat, uh, break down the fat into fatty acids and absorb it uh, properly and can create um, uh, weight gain uh, in certain parts of the body. But Ayurveda also contributes uh, uh, many emotional factors, which nobody really can deny to uh, weight gain. And this obviously makes um, weight management uh, very tricky because of these emotional factors. And these can include being uh, overly attached, uh, being overly sentimental, um, having uh, grief uh, and sadness in one's life, um, and also a stress. For the vata type, a a vata type of weight gain can often be related to stress, anxiety, or even a past trauma. And of course, now we know this is called adrenal fatigue syndrome, where um, past uh, events of excessive stress and trauma have depleted the 
adrenal glands ability to produce those essential hormones uh, for, for our uh, metabolism and energy and uh, a weight gain can result. Um, but also just low self-esteem, low self-worth, um, insecurity. These are all can be factors in why a person can uh, gain weight. So it really takes uh, a quite a detailed um, questioning of the person's uh, uh, emotional factors, um, their self-esteem level, uh, their stress levels, and that, uh, besides just eating habits and uh, uh, what they're eating. Uh, these are um, often focused on too much in here in the West of just what the person is eating. And they often come to me and say, well, I'm eating good. I'm eating good food, but I'm still putting on weight or, or I'm just not losing any weight. I've been eating good and I've been exercising for some time. Well, that's because they haven't taken into consideration many of these uh, other factors. But in general terms, we could say low metabolism, high stress, or high toxicity, and a poor nutrition are the main uh, categories uh, that would contribute to uh, weight gain and the and main areas that I like, to, uh, I like to understand and would dictate the overall uh, approach for somebody. Uh, as far as uh, poor nutrition, we, we could say that uh, most people who are putting on weight have low digestive fire or low agni, um, which can be evident in their uh, low appetite. When you have somebody who's not hungry for breakfast, um, skipping breakfast, not hungry till two o'clock, eating at two, still really not that hungry, so just has a little meal and snacks, and you know, not really ha never having a strong appetite or Ayurvedic terms having weak agni or digestive fire. Well, this results in more toxins or ama created in the body, um, less of these nutrients from this uh, food, whether it's good food or poor food, is not absorbed, and then there's a, a certain malnutrition or, uh, uh, that takes place. And this, of course, triggers the mind to eat more because it's not getting the nutrition that it needs. So there's one example of a very vicious cycle of a poor digestion, uh, uh, which results in poor eating habits of, uh, and then results in uh, low nutrition or malabsorption, uh, malnutrition, and uh, creates a cycle that needs to be uh, broken. So this is a very common a cycle, and you can't tell this person with this uh, low metabolism, uh, fatigue um, uh, due to poor nutrition and uh, weak digestion to start exercising because they don't have the the energy to do it. So you have to approach this uh, step at a time to improve the digestion with herbs, um, increase the spices in the diet, put more space between the meals until the digestive fire returns. And uh, uh, then digestion um, and absorption of nutrients returns and the energy will come up. And then, of course, you can encourage a person to um, become more physically active. Um, another uh, one area that I mentioned was high stress type. This is a very tricky uh, type and often misdiagnosed uh, by others because they come to me and they've tried restrictive diets where they're eating less. Um, not having as many meals and, and maybe even having stimulants and, and other type of herbs to stimulate their metabolism, but they become uh, still putting on weight. And this is uh, either the vata type or an Ayurveda, the vata kapha type, which has uh, a more um, stress and anxiety. Um, and the, it, we often call it here the adrenal uh, type in the West, where... Um, this person is putting on weight due to their, their stress and their anxiety. So restricting their diet, having them eat less or only two meals a day or putting too much time between the meals would only create more stress. So it becomes very tricky in the sense that you need the person needs to keep eating. They need to have a regular meals, need to have breakfast, maybe even still continue with four meals a day um, to reduce their stress. So Instead of focusing on weight loss, with that, when I see that person that's been through trauma or is living a high-stress life or has a, adrenal fatigue a syndrome, um, 
even though they could be quite overweight, I, I will always focus on reducing the stress first using um, uh, nervines and, and other uh, herbs to help them relax and reduce the anxiety down um, to the point which uh, should help reduce their cravings. Um, often people will eat a lot of sweets to uh, satisfy their nervous energy. So only when this nervous energy is uh, uh, reduced are we going to see an improvement in the eating habits Then, of course, digestion, absorption, and a slow and and then weight uh, loss. Um, I do sure want to mention Kabir, that before you go before you go please. on, Kabir, uh, I want to make sure of something that we talked about a few moments ago uh, when we talk about going through the cycles of the of the season. A little bit of weight gain, a little bit of weight loss. One of the problems that we see in this country is people that go on crash diets, lose thirty pounds, and then they gain them back. And we find that it's actually the the changes in the weight more than the actual weight that could sometimes be harmful to people. So I want to make sure that in talking about this, and then we'll get back into the toxins and the uh, stress and those portions, how you work with people to make sure they don't gain too much weight, don't lose too much weight, but sort of stay in a maintenance program. Yeah, so I think that's another reason even people put on weight is um, extreme dieting um, and mm -hmm. trying to lose weight too quickly. Ayurveda generally advocates uh, what would be called long-term reducing therapies um, and only looks at a slow and steady long-term weight loss. If I can get a client to be losing even two or three pounds a month, then I'll say continue on that path and and only contact me uh, when you reach some plateau and it doesn't, uh, you're not losing at least two pounds a month. Well, often they feel impatient and they want to lose weight faster and they ask for some herb or something to help them along. Um, if you think of even one, one pound every two weeks, um, you know, that's over 25 pounds in a, in a year. So you can lose, and that weight will stay off if you lose it slowly, because what you've really done is not gone on a diet per se. You've improved your eating habits. You've addressed some of the core reasons why you put on weight in the first place, which there are many. Um, and you are slowly, your, your body is not losing weight. It's balancing itself out. And the kapha will never come down to be a thin little a person again, it will, a kapha body will come down and to a certain point and, and, and will stop losing weight because that's its natural state. Kabir, when you work with people, it seems that they come into you with problems that are based on many times an illness or an injury, but also about patterns of behavior. And these are the things that you alluded to before, taking in too many toxins, eating the wrong way, stressed out, not sleeping well. How do you, aside from saying to them, this is what you should be eating, how do you work with their patterns of behavior from an Ayurvedic or an experiential uh, process? Well, I'm not a, a psychiatrist and haven't had uh, training in this regard. And sometimes people do need uh, counseling to deal with uh, many of their emotional uh, factors that could be contributing uh, to their weight gain, as I, I mentioned earlier. I try to be as motivating as possible. Um, you know, I only have limited time with people, um, so I try to encourage them try to encourage them to not be overly concerned about the uh, losing weight and be obsessed with it, but to focus on these healthy habits and keep adding habits, new healthy habits to your life, whether it's drinking a weight loss tea in the day, uh, whether it's taking mild laxatives at night, these small uh, actions and habits which are helping to your body to balance uh, and to um, detoxify and increase the metabolism, increase the circulation, and uh, reduce down uh, uh, water retention if necessary. These actions, um, are, I feel, is what's important. And if a person can see that it's, they're just focusing on an action, and uh, uh, the, uh, like increasing bowel movements, and noticing that this is helping them with their energy and their weight loss, then 
I encourage them to focus on that on that action and not on the weight loss the weight loss because the weight gain is a more of a symptom uh, um, than um, anything else, and the real causes need to be addressed so once the person sees the and agrees with me that these are the reasons they put on the weight, that gives them some peace of mind and that gives them a path and a direction out of it. So that's really the most I can do for people with the limited time that I have is to motivate them and uh, make it as simple and clear as possible, their path of a healthy weight again, and uh, give them the tools that they need, which are often the herbs. And this is very, very important because you can't just tell a person to eat better or eat less or not snack, um, and then it's all dependent on their uh, willpower. Uh, if you give them an herb to help suppress their appetite between the meal, you've, you've done half the job for them. Um, and if uh, you give them an herb to, to help increase their metabolism, you're obviously uh, um, nudging them in the right direction, and they have these tools, these herbal tools to rely on. And Many people uh, uh, say that without those herbs, uh, without these tools, they just couldn't have done it. They didn't have the, the self-discipline or the strength or the support in their family. Uh, but the, the teas, the herbs, were their support. Many women told me that they just carried these herbs just all the time in, in their uh, purse. Um, for example, there's one called Germania Sylvester, which is a, uh, a very bitter a uh, tasting herb that Ayurveda calls a sweet killer, and uh, if you rub it, if you rub it on the uh, uh, the frontal part of your tongue where your sweet taste buds are, it takes away the desire for sweets. In fact, wow. if you eat if you eat something sweet like a, a a juicy red grape, then you rub some of this on your tongue, then you throw in another juicy sweet red grape, it tastes like rubber. The sweet flavor is gone. And thus, it, it takes away the desire to continue eating them. So this can be very helpful for somebody who keeps eating ice cream at night or sweets at night. After dinner, they can rub this on their tongue. And um, the desire for these, um, these sweets is greatly reduced. So I think this helps people uh, not just physically to not have the sweet, um, but it also gives them uh, a support, a tool. And it gives them confidence that they can do this. Uh, along with their their herbs. So so with this weight loss, I have a a question for those people who are the numbers are going up in the last decade, uh, who are on medication for depression. And I know that you stated very clearly early on that that is a very fine line. It's a very difficult process. Those people who are under anxiety and under stress. And there are so many that, you know, even children now who are on these medications. Mm. And uh, how does the Ayurvedic side help to balance with this other medication, so to say? Is there a way? Well, I, I will say, um, because we were talking earlier about different causes of weight gain, but I have seen just from my own experience, um, and Glenn would have more information on this specifically than myself, of course, being a medical doctor, that medication does contribute to, many medications do contribute to uh, weight gain. But I, to answer your question, if a person has an emotional uh, uh, state, say depression or um, the other side of the coin, uh, anxiety, nervousness and restlessness, uh, these need to be addressed first from the Ayurvedic perspective before the weight loss. So um, the focus would be uh, uh, um, herbal formulas and, and therapies that are going to help with those mental conditions, mm -hmm. whether it's depression or anxiety first. Mm -hmm. And this is often um, uh, an issue with my clients who sometimes drive very far to come see me lose weight. And they're going out the door with um, herbs to put them to sleep, uh, things to help them relax in the day, and other therapies that I encourage them to have, like warm oil massages and massaging their feet at night with oils and, um, and other uh, nervines to take to relax. But they came to me for weight loss, mm -hmm. but they left the door with therapies to relax because I explained to them mm -hmm. until you are able to um, in, improve them, your mental state, 
uh, through some changes in your life, the recommendations I provided in the herbal formulas, then the weight loss will be very uh, difficult. We'll be um, focusing on the wrong uh, subject. We n and same with depression. If a person is uh, very depressed and sad, then um, and they have no the lethargic, no motivation. Not we're not just talking low metabolism or hypothyroidism, but uh, feelings of depression. And this needs to be addressed uh, first. Same mm -hmm. with hormonal balances. They, they need to be addressed first before there's a focus on weight loss. Many of my clients, I don't know if they're frustrated, but sometimes they've said to me three or four sessions in, when are we going to start focusing on weight loss? And, mm -hmm. I, and I say, but you... I've known you now for six weeks and you have been losing weight, but they said, yeah, only uh, three or four pounds. And I go, well, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good since we're not focused on it. Uh, you, and you're still losing weight. <laughs> uh, so you can see the difference in, in thinking there where I'm focused on their mental state and they're still focused on their, um, their abdomen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Thank you. Kabir. It yes. seems to me that in a big picture, and I'm trying to stay, go from big picture to small picture, forest and trees at the same time. In a big picture, it's a whole lifestyle that someone has to uh, come into and follow. When you talked before about, you mentioned vegan diets or other restrictive diets. Uh, you alluded to them as restrictive diets, whereas many people think that's the only way to eat. What is the lifestyle that a person needs to have in terms of the big picture so that they're maintaining weight, maintaining health, and going through life without being too restricted all the time and saying, oh, it's 8 o'clock in the morning, I need to have my cumin seeds, and it's now it's 11 o'clock, I need to have my... Uh, you know, cardamom and, and curry powder. What is the lifestyle that a person needs to have to be in maintenance for you? Well, you're right, Glenn. It's, it's really a complete lifestyle uh, transformation that's needed. And as you're uh, aware, you know, the weight is really the symptom of going in the wrong direction with, with many lifestyle habits, far beyond just eating unhealthy food. And Ayurveda approaches this like all matters from the uh, uh, dosha uh, perspective. Now, the, so we could talk quickly about each of the three doshas because that's the only way I can answer your question. But the kapha type, the one who tends to put on weight the easiest, the more full body of voluptuous person, and are the one that we generally see has a, the largest uh, uh, weight issues. Um, they do the best on the restrictive diet. Um, so this is, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not effective on all types. You have to just make sure you know the type of person that you're dealing with. So for the kapha, the general re recommendations are a um, lot of vegetables, no animal protein, eating legumes or beans instead of any form of, of animal protein, um, using beans as the main source of protein is generally uh, the best tactic for the kapha body type to start to lose weight um, and still keep eating. The Ayurveda doesn't stop you from eating. Eating, they, they want you to keep eating to keep the body nourished, to keep the, the, the body relaxed. There is intermediate fasting, one day a week fasting, annual spring fasting for the kapha types in particular. But the other two types generally don't uh, require fasting. Um, and as far as the diet for the kapha, they do require uh, light grains. Um, this would, uh, in, from a scientific point of view, would be not the glutinous grains. And this is why we can see the, the, the crave, the, 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 you know, the policy here of, of avoiding all glutinous grains because they are hard to digest and they do contribute to weight gain. So the eye of it for the kapha, uh, the lighter grains like amaranth, buckwheat, millet, and uh, even uh, quinoa, the type of uh, seed, which has become very popular. These light grains are very important. 
So if we look at this kapha diet, we can see that this is a very typical, typical to the uh, Western view of weight loss. Um, no, very little animal protein, a uh, lot of vegetables, um, uh, non-glutinous grains or light grains. Ayurveda is much more specific instead of saying gluten-free, which is just really eliminating uh, a wheat, barley, and a rye. Um, uh, Ayurveda focuses on um, the lighter grains that are literally much lighter and easier to digest, as I just mentioned, and using a lot of hot spices to in, increase the digestive fire, to increase the metabolism, um, uh, chili, cayenne, using warming, heating uh, uh, vegetables like garlic, um, uh, onions, uh, peppers. Uh, these uh, help with fat metabolism um, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and the burning of fat uh, in the body, stimulating the appetite and, uh, before meals. So for the, for the kapha type, it's an easy-to-understand weight loss approach. Uh, assuming we don't have all the other emotional issues are are um, are not uh, a concern, we can focus on this this diet of a lot of vegetables, beans, um, uh, maybe rye and barley um, and millet and light grains, and maybe even only two meals a day, a late breakfast and an, an early dinner, and having some apples as snacks. So it's a somewhat restrictive diet, but it works for the kapha. The kapha has the, the slow metabolism and uh, the, the, the low appetite, and they do just fine with this uh, somewhat restrictive diet. But I the know other side the, of the coin is, please? I was going to say, I know all the pittas out there are anxiously waiting to hear about their point of view. Yes. Uh, well, the, the pitta, you know, they have the strongest appetite, um, and so they're, generally their pitfall is in overeating. Um, in um, uh, being hungry all the time. They're just hungry all the time. And apitas are very athletic people. They like to exercise. They're f generally physically active. You know, these people, we see s surfing at four in the morning in the beach and, you know, you know, really running hard down the side of the road like they're in military training. These are generally the pitta types, and they feel very good to have this type of physical activity. But if they, uh, for whatever reason, emotional or uh, some other reason, they don't have this oomph anymore to exercise, and then combine that with that strong appetite that they have, they can start putting on weight, even though it's not a natural for their body type. So generally, we w opposite of the kapha, who you want to kind of stimulate the appetite with the spices and the hot, hot foods and get the metabolism going. With the pitta, it's the opposite. You need to uh, uh, cool down the appetite and, and often get them off of chili and hot foods and spicy foods and onions and garlic, which are, you know, uh, 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 stimulating their appetite. So it's, um, it's a completely different approach. Um, they do very well when you have a strong appetite. Uh, and particularly if you're young, you can have a lot of raw vegetables and raw salads because this are very hard to digest a lot of raw vegetables. I mean, if you've ever had a, a raw broccoli, you'll know what I mean. Um, but if you're this pitta type and you really have a strong appetite, then eating large salads will literally cool you down. The salad is cold. You know, it's not hot. It's cooling, uh, which is the opposite of the pitta energy of hot. Um, and they're hard to digest, so it's going to, you know, use up their digestive capacity. And hopefully the person after the raw salad you know, will uh, take away their appetite for four or five hours. And this is, of course, the harm of having too much raw salads. If you don't have a strong appetite and you're weak and frail and you're not hungry anyway, if you start eating just raw vegetables all the time, then uh, your appetite be can become worse, your digestion become worse, and your absorption of nutrients can diminish and it could actually uh, be counterproductive for you. But for the pitta with a strong appetite, um, they, they do very well with these raw salads. So many of the people who advocate a raw food diets are just eating a lot of raw vegetables all the time and juicing, which is cold. You're drinking a cold juice of a lot of vegetables. These are very good for the pitta type and the people advocating themselves. These diets generally are the pitta type, um, as is the case in most people advocating any diet. 
they're generally advocating what worked for them with complete disregard for the other types of uh, digestive system states and body types that exist. Uh, so I always uh, warn pe people against uh, following what somebody else is advocating. If they say they lost 100 pounds and this is what they did, well, that may be suitable for their type. But if you're not their type, then I would not follow their advice. How about the Vata? The Vata type is the least likely to gain weight. If they do, it's generally, like I mentioned earlier, due to some stress or, and their weight can come up very fast. And of course, they can lose weight very quick. So often when we have a Vata type, I generally question them about the past. Did you, when did you put on the weight? Was there a trauma? Was there a surgery? Was there something in your life that took place? And generally there is uh, some type of uh, uh, highly stressful experience, like the loss of a loved one, a breakup, or a foreclosure in the house, or a car accident, or something that made them very uh, stressed, stressed out, brought in fear, brought in more anxiety, which are typical to the Vata. But when they became to that extreme, then they started eating to comfort themselves um, and uh, overeating um, to make, make up for their nervousness, energy. So again, we just focus on, um, you know, the, the uh, nervines, uh, ashwagandha, brahmi, or Western herbs, you know, skull cap of larium root to help them to calm down, bring down the anxiety, bring down the nervousness, and, um, and not do a restrictive diet, which will only make them more uh, nervous, not to fast, and not to have just juices and raw vegetables, which are hard to digest, but uh, a, a more vata pacifying diet. So in fact, if you're a vata pitta or kapha, you will be advised to still follow your vata pitta or kapha diet um, because balancing and keeping the body in balance is paramount um, to, um, you know, uh, staying healthy. So this is a, a mistake often made is that people follow this reduction or extreme diets when it's just not really suitable for their type and they're not really addressing the, the root cause of why they put on weight. Uh, excellent. And I think your statement about keeping the body in balance is the key to all of this at all times, body and mind in balance. We're speaking with Kabir Southwick, our Ayurvedic practitioner and natural healer. And Kabir, we're coming to the end of the show. Do you have a health tip for us? Um, yeah, I would say that um, eating on a, a regular schedule uh, um, is, is, is very helpful um, for digestion and weight loss. Um, eating uh, consistently at the same times, having your breakfast around the same time, uh, having your lunch around the same time. Irregular eating habits create poor digestion. Poor digestion creates, you know, ama or toxicity and undigested food in the GI tract and contributes uh, uh, to weight gain. So being consistent, eating on a, a regular schedule, whatever that is for you and what works best for you to keep you in balance. And uh, the other tip, of course, I mentioned earlier, is not follow the weight uh, guidelines of another person, but find the path that works for you. Uh, and don't think that there's ever a, a silver bullet in weight loss. It's always um, requires uh, um, uh, lifestyle changes, dietary changes, and even uh, uh, changes about how you think uh, about food. So um, it, it's not, uh, there's no simple answer. There's no one T to do it. Uh, it. It does take some time, and slow weight loss is much healthier than fast and, and rapid weight loss to, to remain balanced and uh, happy. Great words of wisdom. I'm very grateful to our special guest, Kabir Southwick, uh, along with Christina and Segovia and Yoga Hub. We thank you for sharing your wisdom and experience with us. I would also like to thank my teachers and healers for helping me to be on my journey and taking me to where I am today. I look forward to getting together again on Magical Medical Tour when we search another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy 
looking for optimal health. So until next week, I wish you all optimal health. And thank you so much, Kabir and Christina. Thank you, Kabir, for another moment. Thank you for having me, Christine. <laughs> for another moment of us trying to figure out how to keep balance with our diets. <laughs> and of course, to you, Dr. Glenn Woolman, for hosting this wonderful moment. And uh, to uh, Segovia Smith and the Yoga Hub team for making it all possible. And of course, to each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We're always grateful for your continuous support and look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. And of course, we look forward to bringing you some new shows this year, so keep an eye out for them. And uh, if you would like to connect to with Dr. Glenn Woolman, please follow him on Twitter at Glenn Woolman, and of course, through his own site, glennwoolman.com, where I truly encourage you to learn more about his metaphor square breath. And of course, you can always connect with our special guest, Kabir Southwick, at naturalhealingohi.com. Naturalhealingohi.com. So, just in case, it's naturalhealingojai.com. And again, please give us a call. Uh, Share with us your comments and questions and uh, make sure that you leave uh, a contact information for us to get back to you. Give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. And until next time, namaste. Namaste.